lot of times we end up getting exactly what we wanted as a kid. And then to find ourselves still unfulfilled is like this. It's alarming. And I think as guys, we end up, you know, distracting ourselves and numbing out um, in ways that we feel like we have to, to continue surviving the life that we've longed for is just a crazy paradox to be in. And so when we found ourselves up in this mountain, really having this this longing for brotherhood, a real brotherhood uh, is something that's been this shift that's happened for us over the last three years that to really step into that and helping to create brotherhoods and be able to really live inside of what's possible inside of one has been a spark that we both needed at a, at a time that, you know, we're now in our mid forties and we've got, we've lived half our life. How, how do we really want to live the last half of our life to make sure we get to do what we, we were designed to do. Welcome to men this way, the podcast for every man who seeks to live his deepest purpose in life who's committed to showing up fully and giving his unique gifts to the world. Because if not you, then who? I'm your host and fellow journeyman, Brian Reeves. Brian with a Y, Reeves. Men, this way. What happens when men don't have deep connections with other men? What's the cost to our vitality, fulfillment, when we lone wolf it through life? And could being part of an intentional brotherhood serve your life? On this episode, my guest Tate Arend and I mine these questions and more for useful insights to make a meaningful difference in your life. Tate is my lifelong childhood best friend. And in this episode, we're diving into the fourth pillar of a thriving man, brotherhood. In a recent episode, I introduced my five pillars of a thriving man. Purpose, intimacy, family, brotherhood, spirituality. And who better to invite on to talk about the pillar of brotherhood than the man who's been my soul brother since we were 10 years old, 36 years ago. Now, what does this word brother mean? On the first day of a men's retreat in Norway that I was invited to help support a few years ago, I heard a man say, I don't know why we use this word brother with each other. You guys aren't my brothers. I don't know you. I don't get it. And I got it. I understood him. Made sense. Yeah, why do we use that word? But at the end of that incredible week, after six days of us men being respectfully challenged by each other, getting vulnerable, and at times being very uncomfortably real with each other, and laughing a lot together too, and sometimes screaming and crying with each other. He said something I'll never forget. He said, I now know what brother means. It means you know how I feel. You know how I feel. Damn, his words have never left me. One of the great tragedies of our modern world is that we men, and many women too, were essentially taught not to feel, that feelings don't matter, that productivity, accomplishment, winning should be our primary concerns. Like many men, perhaps like you, I've long struggled with feeling disconnected from my emotions and from my body, and thus disconnected even from my intimate partners and from my own life. At times, I've felt unbearably lonely even when surrounded by people and my own external success. 
It's only been a few years now that I've really awakened to the importance of brotherhood, by which I mean real, vulnerable, courageous companionship with other men in which we celebrate each other's triumphs, witness and comfort each other in our sorrows, and challenge each other, always with respect, when we see each other playing small in ways that don't serve. Now, my guest today, Tate, is one of is the one man, I should say, the one man with whom I've been profoundly fortunate to share a lifetime of brotherhood. He's one of the most thoughtful, smart, and alive people I've ever known. And I'm so honored and excited to invite you into our beautiful friendship today to hear the story of our brotherhood, including some of the challenges we've faced along the way and some of the ways we've let each other down or other men down and the cost of it. Tate, I'm so delighted to share, is actually my right-hand man for Elevate 2021, the year-long coaching adventure for men committed to thriving in every domain of life, which begins imminently. If you're interested in being part of an incredible brotherhood going through all of uh, 2021 together, sharing in our challenges, challenging each other to show up, step up, speak up, and create new experiences of success, new breakthroughs in our lives in ways that we often can't even imagine are possible until we're held in a powerful container of brotherhood with other men. Well, if any of that speaks to you, then definitely apply now for Elevate 2021. Go to brianreeves.com elevate. It's Brian with a Y, reeves.com elevate. We only have three spots left of 10 total, just three spots. And you're going to receive private coaching with me, group coaching with me and Tate, as well as an in-person retreat in late summer when we'll all gather in a beautiful nature location to share an incredible, incredible experience together. And best of all, I think, and this is something that I've never seen another coaching program offer, is you're going to essentially have daily video connection to me, Tate, and the rest of your new inspired brotherhood of men. You're going to experience profound connection with me and other men like few men experience in a lifetime. Elevate 2021. If you are ready to step deeper into your full free expression as a man and fully give your greatest gifts to the world, to your loved ones, and to live the vow you know your soul is waiting for you to make, then this is for you. Go to brianreeves.com elevate and apply ASAP. Make today the day you commit to making 2021 extraordinary. Now, let's get back to this momentous encounter with my dear friend, Tate Arendt. This is a very special episode, so please stay tuned all the way through to Tate's five key takeaways at the end of this episode of Men This Way. All right, let's dive. Tate Price. Errant, welcome to Men This Way. Thank you, brother. It's great to be here. Brian Hitrow Reeves. I know this is your first podcast ever. How are you feeling, man? How are you feeling? Oh, man. I am, um, I don't know. I'm humbled, man. This is the conversation that you and I have, in many ways, been building for for 30 years to have a conversation like this uh, in this kind of way. And just feeling humble, feeling excited, uh, feeling nervous, and feeling really hopeful, brother. Well, I, 
I had thought that this would be your second podcast interview because I I connected you with that other man uh, like, I don't know, six months ago or so and maybe longer. And you just shared with me before that you actually didn't. That never happened. And so, dude, here we are. You're first. Here we are. I'm I'm excited, man. I'm honored. Me too. You and I have had a lot of firsts together over the, what, 36 years now of our friendship. Yeah. Holy cow. I know uh, we did, this is not an off limits topic. We both got our first colonic together. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just jump right in, brother. Let's just jump right in. What are we, what are we here for? Right? That's right. Yeah. 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 I think you were the first guy to throw up on my parents' lawn and stain their, their grass for probably a good summer. That's because you were the first guy that got me drunk <laughs> at 15, I'm guessing. I think I was 14, 15. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. That's true. Man, 36 years. Yeah, brother. Yeah. I want to get into our origin story a little bit, but but first, Tate, I want to, just to help our listeners get to know who you are a little bit more. Well, I'm just going to ask this question. Tell us something about yourself. Anything, man. Anything you want that you want us to know about you, but that you're also a little bit embarrassed or uncomfortable to share. And I realize I just may have outed you with the colonic thing. That qualifies right there, right? That does qualify, but I'm going to tell us something else, man. Uh, what is there for you to know, man? I um, I think something that's relevant that actually happened this week is, uh, you know, and I obviously don't show up to brand new conversations uh, throwing this kind of stuff out there, but I think it's relevant which is that on Wednesday of this past week, I celebrated 18 years of uh, sobriety of alcohol. I haven't drank wow. in about 18 years. And, you know, we wouldn't probably be having this conversation if if that hadn't happened 18 years ago. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of this guy who, who believes that the tragedies of our lives are actually the most important things to help set us on the trajectories that we were designed for. And, you know, I, I'm somebody who probably experienced a little bit more trauma, at least in my perspective, um, early on in my life. I started to then later inflict some traumas on myself and, and created so many dark nights of the soul. Um, but the reason why I'm able to, to have a conversation like this with you and have amazing people in my life, my wife, my two kids, the life that I get to live right now is born out of the tragedies of my past. Yeah. Beautifully said, man. And and I want to acknowledge, too, that, you know, 18 years uh, sober, one of the things that, you know, we've we've been friends 36 years. And I think you were in the throes of this addictive time in your life when we weren't really that connected. Mm, we were we, we weren't communicating a lot. And I had no idea. Mm. that you were having that kind of experience to that depth and degree that you were having it. So, you know, I think back to those times, I'm so glad that we've, that life is, and and we have chosen, not that we've ever lost contact, but in these last few years, especially, man, we've really come home to each other. And, and and we'll get into that because I think that especially spanning 36 years, you know, there are going to be ebbs and flows and it's a seasons of, of, of an experience. But thank you, man. Thank you for sharing that and, and beautifully said. Let's talk a little bit now about our origin story, like how we met. Now, 
I'm actually gonna, I wanna hand this to you because I, I was realizing as I was preparing for this, I was thinking about our origin story and I realized like when we tell this story, I think I usually started off with something like, you know, Tate was like this angry kid in the neighborhood that was just a bully. Like I didn't like him. I did not like him. I tried to stay, I was scared of him. It usually starts off that way and I was realizing, well, well geez, that's quite a narrative. I'm not sure that I've ever heard your side of that. Of all these fucking years, man, of telling that story. <laughs> I'm curious, how did we meet in your eyes? Um, that's a great question, man. I think I've always just let you tell that story because there's there's a lot of truth to that story. <laughs> uh -huh. and, and notice how you did start the story with the story anyway. That's <laughs> what I do, man. But, you know, you know I, was a, I was a guy that had... A, I'm a lot. I am an all or nothing kind of guy. So I can be intense. You know, I don't think I ever actually um, physically harmed you, but I think my presence is a lot and is overwhelming. And I, I think growing up the way that I did and, and, and where we grew up, I just was trying to ping around to find people that I could connect with. And fortunately, we were able to get past the I don't know, the story that you had about me and maybe even the story that I had about you to yeah. to explore what friendship really was like. Yeah. And of course, you know, coming back to my version of the story, you made me get over it. You, made, you gave me no choice. I had to be your friend. <laughs> I mean, one of my early memories is, and you did, you never, I don't remember you ever actually hurting me physically, but I was very intimidated by you. I, you know, my father was gone. So I didn't have a male, a strong male figure in my life up until that age. And that's actually when my stepfather came along, 10, because we moved into that neighborhood where he lived and there before where you lived. You know, I love my stepfather, but he was not a safe presence for me mm, yeah. a, a, as well. So I was so, man, I was just so, I was such a, you know, I described myself back then as like a, a weak, a weak, scared kid with no dad to kind of show me how to be a man at 10 years old. Mm. And here you come along and you're this strong, I mean, you're the biggest kid in the neighborhood at our, at our age. You're strong, you're intense. I was terrified of you, man. Uh, Cause you could, you know, I mean, it's a little Lord of the flies. You could have literally, you could have hurt me way more than I could have hurt you just physically. And yet like we needed each other. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I feel like we really needed each other. You know, I think, um, you know, I think one of the stories we share is that neither of us had our fathers around in the in the way that we in retrospect needed them most yeah and i'm not sure that i could have described at the time that what i needed from my father my father was an incredible provider I've, I've learned a lot from the struggling relationship that we've had over the years we did not get along at all when i was a kid yeah. we had a lot of tension a lot of fights a lot of arguments a lot of yelling a lot a lot of intensity and the, the relationship I have with my dad my dad now is drastically different but but neither of us had our fathers around in the ways that that we we longed for and didn't know that we longed for and so we found this brotherhood of I guess the way I describe it is I helped you get stronger yeah and you helped me really open up my eyes to see what was possible for me in my life. Mm. That's a role that you stepped into mm. 
and were able to speak to me in a way that I could really hear that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I remember one of our very first conversations when I made myself sleep over at your house yeah. and made you sleep on the floor <laughs> while I slept in your bed. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite <laughs> stories, by the way. I'm sure. Well, uh, I remember us being in your room and looking out your window and looking up at the stars and you kind of going on about like, you think about how many stars there are in the universe and you think about how many planets must be around it just this this idea of how big and vast the world is that i had never mm. i had never thought in that way before and so that mm. gift that you've always from from that moment on given me this this perspective about looking at the world through this this gigantic lens of opportunity is something that I'll I'll forever be grateful for. Like that that's a role that I I needed to have be played in my life and you stepped in and and did that for me. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. Thank you. And I over the years as I've understood what the gifts of our relationship has been and even I look at Sylvie, my partner, the woman I chose 5 years ago and I'm still with today. Like she's you described yourself earlier as a lot. Sylvie is a lot. Like you and Sylvie, man, she's my female Tate. You know, in so many ways, it's hysterical how alike the two of you are. And I think there's probably truth in, I feel a lot similar to Elsa, your wife. Yeah. You know, always bringing that perspective. I mean, your wife's amazing in what she's doing with Ayurveda medicine, for example, now and, yeah. and all that stuff. And yeah, absolutely. I was always fascinated by you, your intensity, your capacity to feel everything, man. Mm-hmm. As a boy, shut down in my emotions, you know, not really, you know, there's all kinds of layers to, the, to why, but just, just really disconnected from my body and not, not feeling safe to feel stuff. Mm-hmm. And so living in my head a lot. And here you are, this fucking live wire, <laughs> feeling everything, ready to pummel anything that threatens you or me out of existence. Yeah. I needed that, man. I needed that in my own. Like I, I was like, I don't even know what the threats are around me because I can't feel so much. Yeah, you know. And I, and I was on hyper alert vigilance for what right what might be able to harm us and everything's a potential. Yeah, everything was. Yeah. So yeah, man. We I I've I'm so you know just in the years in all these years, man. You know here and here we are, 36 years later, man. Yeah. And again, we've been through seasons, seasons where we might only talk a y- once a year or so. Yeah. And it was, what, three years ago, yeah. about three and a half years ago, that we went up to that cabin in uh, the mountains north of L.A. Yeah. Both of us just, you know, reflecting on, I mean, for me, I'll, you know, I'll let you, let you speak for you. For me, I was, I was just so aware of how fucking lonely I was. Yeah. Even with, you know, everything I thought I'd ever wanted, woman, dog, home. Yeah. you know, work I love, yet missing male companionship. Yeah. And I didn't even know it. Yeah. You know, what was that time for you like? Like when we went up to that that cabin, like what was what was going on for you? Yeah, so that would have been what year would that have been? Two two thousand seventeen, I guess. Yeah. Ish. Like so, you know, it was such a it was actually such a pivotal time for me. My my wife and I uh, had just gone through this struggle. Uh, Both of us thought about whether or not we should separate in around 2016. And we ended up having uh, one of the most magical experiences of our lives in in St. John and really reconnected and rekindled um, 
our love and our partnership. And that set us on this, this path that, that our marriage is better than we, either one of us could have ever dreamed. But in the midst of having our, our marriage start to repair and really grow, there was this longing and this need. I ended up having the, the wife and the marriage that I, that I wanted and I longed for and two amazing kids and a career that's very successful. But to still feel like you have success without the kind of significance that you want to have is almost a tragedy, right? Mm-hmm. And I, one, of the, one of the common threads that I see and have with guys that I have conversations with is a lot of times we end up getting exactly what we wanted as a kid. And then to find ourselves still unfulfilled is like this. Yeah. It's alarming. And I think as guys, we end up, you know, distracting ourselves and numbing out um, in ways that we feel like we have to, to continue surviving the life that we've longed for is just a crazy paradox to be in. And so when we found ourselves up in this mountain, really having this this longing for brotherhood, a real brotherhood, is something that's been this shift that's happened for us over the last three years that to really step into that and helping to create brotherhoods and be able to really live inside of what's possible inside of one has been a spark that we both needed at a, at a time that, you know, we're now in our mid forties and we've got, we've lived half our life. How how do we really want to live the last half of our life to make sure we get to do what we, we were designed to do. Dude, there's so much in what you're saying, that piece of, you know, we've been very fortunate to essentially get everything we thought we ever wanted. Yeah. And I think for a lot of us, even when we start, that starts to happen for us, okay, I got the woman. You know what? I'm not happy with her. Let me get a different woman. Right, yeah. Or I got, I got the job and the money. Ah, you know, it's still, maybe I don't have enough money, right? You know, I've, I've, we've talked about that story. Remember that, that yacht that my, oh, totally. that my, my parents' business partner had down in, in uh, Fort Lauderdale. He had a 110-foot yacht. All in beautiful big home on the Fort Lauderdale water coastal waterways, and all he could talk about was his hundred the hundred and forty foot yacht that he was having built. That's right. Because hundred and ten wasn't big enough. Yeah, yeah. So what a what a teaching story to have in my in my you know mid twenties. I think that was what was really revolutionary for me. Even you know in this, these past five years and 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 our the weekend that you and I spent three about three three and a half years ago or so which where this podcast was ultimately born this men's work all of this was ultimately born that weekend i had no idea that this was missing from my life i had being in the military being you know knowing men throughout my life yep. as like okay I, I you know i can be friends with guys but i'm not really satisfied by i'm not nourished by these relationships yep. Even being you and I both were in fraternities. Right. I love my fraternity brothers. Yeah, me too. But when we'd hang out, we're basically just drinking alcohol, talking about ass, sports, politics, work. You know, that's it. Yeah. We weren't having real conversations, and I love that. Again, I'm not dissing any of that, but I had no idea how hungry I was for consistent male brotherhood companionship like yeah and that you know that weekend that you and i spent man big ass fireplace remember that epic fireplace mm. oh epic. god man it was like the perfect mountain location for us again this is the example the gift of brotherhood for me one of the many is i i couldn't i couldn't have i could i wouldn't be doing this work today if it weren't for that weekend with you yeah 
you know, these five pillars of a thriving man, they wouldn't have come through if you and I hadn't been in conversation that whole weekend, talking about our experiences, exploring our longings, all of that. None of this would have come through. I wouldn't be doing this. Yeah. You know, it's one of the one of the things I, I think about a lot with with the conversations that we have over our lifetime is the how how important the evolution of things are. Like when when I was a kid, I was just longing for a friend. I, I, what's a brother? Like I didn't have one. I had a sister, an amazing sister, but but a sister. So I didn't know what a what what a relationship with a brother was. I was just longing for a friend. And I think the first time that I ever and then you know I, I elementary school, middle school, high school, I was on teams. I played baseball. I, I was on teams. Right. And but we were we were playing sports and it was one level of things. And then I got to college and it was the first time that I really heard the idea of brotherhood. And I joined a fraternity and it was great on one end. And yet it was completely unfulfilling as it relates to really living out some of the ideals of what you hear about, about a brotherhood. You know, you can't haze and call somebody a brother at the same time. I mean, it's just the, the incongruence of some of those things. And, and then what's happened is I have extraordinary men that are in my life, friends that are in my life, brothers that are in my life, some from my fraternity, right? But in some through other phases of my life, but the, the grouping of men that are really up to something, that are collectively up to something and that collectively are b- being supported by other extraordinary men, like that's a different kind of life experience that I've never, I can't say that I've ever had that before that we're very clear, like we're gonna spend the next, in this case, year of our life doing something that can really set all of us up for the greatest successes that we've ever had and to do so in a way that we're challenging and supporting one another to, to get that, like that's unrecognizable. I think a lot of times um, there's some guys that are willing to go deep and other guys that aren't. There's some people that have never done any kind of work and other people that that are so deep into it, you can, on almost every level. I think finding finding a group of men that are really on the same page, that are united about themselves and for one another, that that's epic. Yeah, like that's something to really build. Yeah, it's it is really exciting. Uh, you know, I've been doing men's groups for a number of years now, and and participating as a co-equal participant, and also facilitating them. And and um, in the introduction to this to our episode, Tate, you know, I, I I'm going to talk about. Uh, when I record it after this, even though everyone listening will have heard it before this moment, but about this idea of brother, what does brother mean? The idea that you know how I feel, you know how I feel, a definition that was gifted to me by a man at the retreat that I uh, helped to uh, co-facilitate back a couple years ago in Norway. This man, he came in with this, you know, this idea of brother. He didn't understand why we use that word all the time. Mm. And at the end of the retreat, he said, I got it. I understand. It means you know how I feel. Mm. And I think about that, the fraternity example, hazing. In a way, it's so many, it's so, so irresponsibly done. But I also understand that we're trying to push each other into these intense feeling experiences so that we can be on the same page. Yeah. Like, okay, he knows how I feel. He went through what I went through, so he knows how I feel. Now we're brothers. Yeah. And I think going through a year, what we're we're launching into this Elevate 2021 experience, we're going to be able to like you and I have been doing this for 36 years, man. All the ups and downs, the ways that we've, you know, we've had our squabbles. Yeah. We've had our moments, and we've and we've also seen each other at bottom. You know, where we've really fucking hit bottom and been in the shit. 
Yeah. I'm excited for this year because like you to your point, man, men, we don't, we don't really get to connect at that level. Certainly not for a sustained period of time. There's a lot of, you know, you could do a weekend retreat with some guys and then right. never see them again. And it's great. And I've had that experience. And then I'm fucking lonely right all over again. What does brotherhood mean to you? Man, that's a great question because, and, and, and I, my best guess is by the end of this year, I'm going to have even a, a, a different perspective about it. But it, it really is about being amongst a group of men that are, are there to both challenge and support one another. Because, you know, I'll start there. So challenge. I think a lot of times, you know, men need challenge. We, 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 we want to be on an adventure. We, we're willing to go into battle. We are willing to, to be challenged, right? But, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, it's almost like we want to do that at the nth degree. But many times I think us as men don't feel supported, right? And so to be challenged and supported is the balancing act of a real brotherhood to be supported, but not challenged is boring. And no guy wants that. No guy wants to live a, a, you know, a life in which there's, there's not some mountain for, for them to climb together. And so being in a brotherhood that has both challenge and support are critical for us to really show up the way that we need to. And that's, that's what the purpose of a brotherhood is. In my opinion, is to, it's to really do two things while getting challenged and supported. And the first is to actually show up, Mm. right? To show up and to keep showing up. Because I know a lot about my story and a lot about the stories of the men that I know too, is that what we do is we show up and then we stop showing up. Mm. We show up at work and then we stop showing up. We show up in our relationships and then we stop showing up. We show up for our health and we stop showing up for our health. We live this like up and down, up and down, up and down thing. It's because we are ready for the challenge, but then we don't have the support. And then when we fall, we don't have the challenge to get back. You know, it's like this ebb and flow. So challenge and support so that we show up. And then the second thing is so that we then speak up. Because I think a guy who shows up but doesn't speak up will eventually stop showing up. Mm. If we show up in our relationship but we don't speak up, we're not going to get our needs met. If we show up in our career but don't speak up, we're not going to live into you know having a career of purpose. Like to be in a brotherhood to me is to be challenged and supported to make sure that I'm showing up and speaking up in my life, mm. so that I can I can have the life that I want to live and not just survive it. Yeah, that's that's. That's profound, man. I, I'm I'm reminded even right now of something that happened a few months ago, back in September, I think, for me, when I attended a weekend with my one of my one of the the men's groups that I'm in right now, one of my co-equal men's groups. You know, when I say co-equal, I just mean none of us are facilitating it. We're all in it together. Yeah. We we did a retreat at a big house with a you know outdoor fire, and it was an epic weekend. And one night over the around the fire, all these men started sharing their stories of how they have stood up to their fathers in different ways. Mm-hmm. And as I'm listening to their stories, and some of these men, I mean, they had brutal fathers. Fathers doing illegal shit, fathers abusing them, beating them, you know, or the, and, their, and their mothers, all these kinds of things. And, and, and I'm hearing their stories of, of them standing up to their fathers, and I'm, I'm reflecting on my own experience. And I'm realizing, wow, I've never actually stood up to my father in that way. I've yelled at him. Yeah, yeah. I've rebelled as the angry kid, but I've never 
man to man looked him in the eye and said, you stop it. Like, or, or to just confront him with the ways that he has been showing up that don't serve our family. I've never done that. Yeah. I'd never fucking done that, man. I'm 46. I mean, this was literally back in September. Within 24 hours of coming home, mm. I had that conversation with my dad. You gave me chill. It was, yeah. and I couldn't even see it. Right, right. And I've had, you know, my woman, my women in the past have had issues with my dad. <laughs> you know, the things like I should have stood up for, or things that I, I, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. They can't tell me. You know, my woman can't tell me, yeah, you need to stand up to your father. F- fuck off. Don't tell me what to do. But through the story of, of, you know, seeing, being witnessed by, you know, and in conversation with these other men and seeing their stories, wow, man, it was life-changing for me. Well, it's, I, I, think, I think we live in a culture in many ways. And, and, you know, I have some friends that have extraordinary and have always had extraordinary uh, relationships with their fathers. But that's rare. I mean, most of the guys who I talked to had dads that were providers and were there and showed up. But again, didn't necessarily show up in the ways that they longed for, but didn't know that they longed for. And so what happens is our moms raise us on what it means to be a man. And then we get girlfriends that want us to be men in a particular way that they think a man should be. But it's only when another brother tells another brother about what's possible, shows them what's possible and what it really means to be a man, that's when things really start to click. That's when that's when messages get to be received in a way that that they don't otherwise get to be received. We we need men to be showing the way. Men men this way was born out of this idea like like I need I need I need barriers to tell me like which where am I going to fall off a cliff, right? I, I and and you are you're the map maker, right? You're the you're the one that designs the map so that men can find their way through through these challenges. And so that's what I think is just incredible is that creating containers that's one of the things that i've i've really gotten over the last three years since we had that retreat which is creating containers you and i from that that point forward really started setting up kind of weekly calls we we connected every monday 6 30 to 7 30 eastern standard time you know your time out on the west coast and having a container where we could connect once a week 50 times a year like how many times and now I've created that with with my buddy Arnie on on Tuesdays and my buddies John and Seth on Wednesdays and uh, another guy John on Mondays for lunch it's like I I need containers to help me make sure that I'm having the interactions with the men that I need in my life because otherwise I will go months without talking to guys who I would consider brothers right so those containers end up being really critical along the way I think Absolutely, man. Yeah, our our decision to have that anchor every week on Mondays as a call where we we check in, man. That's it. We we're scheduled to talk for an hour. Occasionally, we we don't for whatever reason, you know, for specific reasons. Let's just say whatever reason. There are very clear reasons why. We, but that's it. That's our appointment. It's essential. Yeah. You know, it's 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 as essential as any other work task or relationship with my wife task or you know self care. It's self care. Really grateful we decided to do that. I'm curious, what are one or two of the greatest gifts that you know our brotherhood? And I'm going to share mine as well. But you know, what are, for you, what are what are some of the greatest gifts over the years? 
You know, I, I started this conversation by talking about how you've always been a guy who helped open my eyes to what was possible. That's that's definitely at the at the top of the list. Um, but the other thing is, Brian, you've always been a stand. I mean, we've talked about this where, you know, there's there's gaps and we make mistakes, but 99 percent of the time you have been a stand for me about making sure that I do what I was, I was built to do, right? Mm -hmm. Which is to make an impact and to, to live a life of purpose and mm -hmm. to have somebody that has been in my corner since I, the mm -hmm. age of 10 or 11 years old, mm -hmm. telling me that, that I'm here to do something and encouraging me and challenging me to step into my purpose has been, definitely at the top of the list about mm -hmm. what you have brought to me, what you, the way that you've been a rock for me since I was 10 years old. Yeah. It feels good to hear, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That feels really good to hear. You know, you've, there's two things that come, come up for me in this question just immediately. And the one is, dude, you always feel like home. Mm -hmm. I've lived a very unmoored untethered life you know i've adventured i've lived so many damn places you know since i left home at basically barely 17 yeah. i have haven't hardly been in any one city or location for more than four years since i was fucking but even younger you know moving around even in even in our little village moving around so much you are besides you know besides going to mom's home anytime i'm hanging out with you man i feel like i'm at home that yeah. for me is invaluable it's 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 so just your your energy your presence because again you know how i feel you are my you you know where i come from you we've been through so much together over the years we've been in conversation in deep real conversation for so long that yeah dude you, you just you feel like home and this is where we cue in the weepy song into the podcast <laughs> but here's the other thing tate you're brilliant man you are a you are a, an incredibly insightful man and you know i have a i have a brain that is endlessly curious and you know your capacity to ask amazing questions insight just ins, insight provoking questions your ability I think sometimes I can kind of also run off. In the past, I think I'm I'm a little more in my 40s. I'm a little less apt to do this. I still still can do it, but a little less apt. Which is uh, I can run off into my sort of intellectual righteousness. And through the years, you've always had a great way of calling me out on that and saying, "Hold on there, Tiger. Let's think about this. <laughs> Where are you going? I think I'm gonna call bullshit." And, you know, that's really important. That's so helpful. You haven't just been there agreeing with every goddamn idea I come up with and every, because I can get on my, my high horse, man, and, and then all of a sudden think I've got some shit figured out and, and I'm better than others is kind of the tone that that might come with, you know. So I, I've really valued that about you, your ability to kind of poke at my, so, some of those moments and say, dude, come back down to ground, to the earth for a second. Let's let's look at this. <laughs> you know, so thank you. Uh, thank you brother. for that. Yeah. Let's talk about because I think this is really important, especially in light of what's happening in our country right now, where we see in many ways men 
allowing other men to get away with their worst. Mm. It, you know, can you describe a time in, in retrospect when you felt like you you yourself failed to honor the, the sacred needs of, of brotherhood, either with me or with someone else? Man, it's powerful that you're asking this question, especially at this time. So um, at the beginning of December, I lost one of my best friends. To say that this guy was larger than life is, is yeah. that phrase gets thrown around a lot, but my buddy Jeff, he was larger than life. Look, I, I met him. I know. I mean, you're you're a lot. He's a lot. Yeah. He's huge. His energy was he's hilarious. <laughs> he was amazing. I know. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. So extraordinary guy. It was in my fraternity. We 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 were roommates together after college. We moved to Charlotte together. He started a pub crawl in Charlotte that ended up having over twenty thousand people come to it. Um, started with seventy six or something like that. He and his buddy Rich um, built this pub crawl. And at the very beginning of December, he was riding his Peloton and died at the age of 46, I think. And it devastated me and devastated a whole whole community of people. And I immediately thought, so he had a condition called AFib. And he was diagnosed with it, maybe it was seven years ago or so. And recently, you know, I don't, over the last couple of years, he started vaping. And one of the biggest regrets that I had after he died was this idea, like he's a grown ass man. He was going to look, he, he was going to do whatever he was going to do. But I'm very clear that I failed him as a friend. I saw him doing something that literally wasn't serving him. And that I, I had lunch with him six six months ago or so, and he was saying that he had had to adjust his medicine, and because he had a, another AFib kind of event, and that he was thinking about whether or not he should have a, this surgery called an ablation, and and he ultimately decided against that. He said, "But you know, I could drop dead at any moment," and I didn't take that opportunity to say, "You know, hey, listen, I, I don't, I want you here, and you can do what, you, what you're going to do as a guy, but I, I wouldn't be being a friend to you." If I didn't say, man, I'm scared. I'm scared because I see you smoking and I don't want to lose you. And what that prompted in me is after I had that realization of the, the way that I failed him, I had lunch with two really good buddies the next day, John and Warden, and I was able to express that because I didn't want, I wanted to chase the wisdom of, of that moment where I had mm. failed a brother so that I wouldn't fail others. Mm-hmm. It's a challenging thing, man, because I, I hear you, man. I feel you deeply. It's a challenging thing because as as men, you know, we, we're going to do what we're going to do. We are responsible for our own actions. And though, I think because we, we often don't challenge each other in, in these ways because we don't have containers for it. You know, we don't create, we don't generally have containers, groups, yeah. men's groups where we meet with the intention of putting it all on the table and witnessing each other in what's really going on. We don't, we don't create those containers. We're just hanging out at the bar, at the restaurant, at the, in our living room. We're just hanging out. And um, it, it is a real challenge. I mean, I can think of times where, in, in our relationship, where, I mean, there's one time, again, we're gonna, we're gonna, we'll keep it general. We don't wanna go into, it doesn't serve to go into the specifics of it, but where, you know, I, I saw you doing something and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know what to do with it. Mm. And yeah. so I mostly just kept my mouth shut because I didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. You know, I know now what I would do with it, 
but it would still be up to you to to ultimately do you know make your own choices and i think that's the that's kind of the the razor's edge that we walk and that goes to this idea of what that, that definition of brotherhood which is showing up and speaking up like like i was showing up yeah but i wasn't speaking up to bennett yeah and you were showing up for me, yeah. but you didn't speak up for me. And the reality is, I think as as guys, sometimes we're we're sharing things that we know, you know, we're we're probably not doing what we're yeah. supposed to be doing, but we're sharing <laughs> yeah. it and hoping, yeah, with a double edged coin, right? It right. Says I don't want you to say something, but I do. Yeah, totally. Like I do, I do want you to. I want you to just let me keep doing this stuff. But, but I also, please say something because I got I want to change the trajectory. I wouldn't be saying this and trying to bring you into this if I didn't really need somebody to, to call me to a higher purpose. Like there's there's these opportunities and I don't know always the you know, I overdo it. I, I would go too hard at it sometimes. And and then I go to this place of where I don't do it at all. And it's like to your point, it's like trying to find the edge and really speaking into what's possible for people and knowing that you're there for them regardless. You're challenging and supporting them. Not to leave stuff out in the space that needs to be addressed. Well, well, I, I realize what the cost. One of the costs of not of us not speaking up to each other is then it the burden falls on our families, mm. on our intimate partners. Mm. Yeah, you know the the consequences ultimately fall on them as we just sort of play out whatever unwise, unskillful thing we're yep. continuing to yep. to to act out. Boy, man, the the ripple effect of the cost of us not creating containers where we can have these conversations with each other. It's unfathomable, yeah. the amount of, of damage and suffering. So I think, again, I don't want to, you know, over-exaggerate either, but the point is it fucking matters. Yeah. One of the articles that I read many years ago, it was called Why Men Don't Have Friends and Why Women Should Care. Ah, uh, yeah. And it talked a lot about how men oftentimes are, develop great friendships in high school and in college, but thereafter it's a much more challenging um, to, to develop those lifelong friendships where you're expressing your hopes and your dreams and your fears and your concerns and your worries. And, and, and if men don't have other men, to your point, it ends up the hundred percent of the burden goes to the, the woman typically uh, or the family that that guy is in that can't hold the space that's necessary and only can be held by another guy yeah. stepping into that space with them. Great note to or moment to segue into Elevate 2021. Let's talk about that because yeah. you're helping me create and execute this incredible uh, experience for men. How's this been feeling for you, man, stepping into this? Oh, man. It's been... Um... You know, when you were talking about feeling like home yeah. about with me, this is feeling like this is home. This is going to be a home for 2021. Mm. That's going to be unlike any experience that I've had in my life to really be surrounded by 12 men that are all across the world, literally come together to, to support one another, to take on what matters most. I, I feel enlivened. I feel excited. I feel nervous. I feel hopeful. I feel, I just, I feel full. That's the way I feel. And you've been doing the, I mean, we've got now at the time of this recording, uh, seven men have, have leaped in. Yeah. Uh, and it's, we've only got three spots left and you've done what's really surprised me. We talked about this before. I figured we'd need about 50 applications 
you know, 50 men to, to actually apply. My assistant, Gina, said, no, 100 yeah. for, for 10 men to, to ultimately make this choice. And, dude, we've only done, like, what, 20? 25 or so applications. Yeah, 24. And you've, so you've, and you've talked to most of those men. What have you really enjoyed about these calls with these guys? Man, it, it has been... It's been incredible to see men that are doing work in the world that matters, that, that have been working on themselves and that are, are working in their families and working in their communities to, to really be living life, to be challenging themselves, to live their life in a way that, that is unimaginable, would have been unimaginable to them as kids. Mm to have conversations with men that are really that, that are tired of the distractions of life that we can find ourselves in that are tired of being distracted by what doesn't matter tired of numbing themselves out they and the other part of this that's really been exciting is that this is not a program i mean one of the things i talk to the guys about is what this program is not mm. and this program is really not for people that are just starting on their journey that have just been smacked in the face, fell on the ground, realized, realized that they needed to change a whole bunch of shit in their life. This is for guys who have had those moments and have been working and, and are now at a level where they've got some mastery and they just are really looking for the next level of opportunity. And so to be having conversations with men that are in that space and to know that we're going to have a, a solid group of men in that space is, is just invigorating. You know, it's an interesting thing because, you know, you and I, we're going to be spending an entire year with these guys. And I want to spend time with men that, that I'm inspired by and that I, I want to spend fucking time with. I don't want to spend time with every guy out there. There are a lot of men that I don't want to have anything to do with. <laughs> I can respect them. I can love them in that spiritual way, but I don't want to hang out with them. And at the same time, in every men's group that I've ever been in, there's always one or two guys that are fucking going through it. Just life is handing their ass right back to them in that moment. Like they are hurting. Yeah. They're going through a huge breakdown. So, you know, I just want to speak to if you're a man listening and, you know, you're at a point where you are going through it, um, don't let that stop you from uh, right. applying all the same. No doubt. I mean, look, uh, you know, beginning of December, I, I was in a, in a place of grief that I can't remember mm -hmm. because of Jeff's death. And thank God I had you and other guys surround me at that moment because I had never been through that before. Yeah. Right. And most of us guys are going through things that we've never been through before, yeah. whether or not it's in a relationship or a career or money, or we're going through that. And if we've never gone through what we're going through before, might as well surround ourselves with guys who are probably, some of them have been through what we've been through and have something to offer us and to be available to us and to step in and speak life where there is none, to bring light where there's darkness. Like that's, that's, that's the real opportunity for guys. And, and my, my hope is that we all do go through it, do go through something this year. Like if we're not going through something that puts us on the edge, I've never done a podcast before. This is the last thing in the world that I wanted to do today is do this. But I, I know that in order for me to step into what's what my what's what I really want for my life to make a meaningful difference in the lives of others, to leave people in places better than when I found them, I better get on the get on the call. 
Yeah. And other guys are, are needing to answer a different call in their life. And they've been hearing it and hearing it and hearing it, sometimes in some subtle ways and some, sometimes in some very overt, painful ways. Yeah. But if you're in that space where you're ready, ready for more, this is a spot. This is an opportunity to really step into it. And I say, if you're not going through something you've never gone through before, then you are, and I'm speaking to myself as much as I'm speaking to anybody else, then, then you're hanging out in your comfort zone. And that is, like you said earlier, Tate, we men, we need mountains to climb, or we just fucking get bored. I, I notice this when, it, when I'm driving on the highway. Like, my lady, she's always wanting me to slow down. I'm like, woman, I own this highway. I am the best driver on this motherfucker. I own this highway. You know, she's wanting me to play it safe. And I know that if I, it's a, it's a dance we do, because mm-hmm. I don't want her to feel unsafe, but I also know that I have to be on a kind of edge. Or, you know, yeah. I'll, I'm going to put it in kind of grotesque terms. Or I don't grotesque, but gross terms. My, my dick feels limp. My body feels limp. My life feels limp. And I'm, I'm no good yeah, to yeah. my partner. I'm no good to anybody if I'm feeling limp in my life. That's right. Even if I got money, success, even if my woman's sitting right next to me, if I'm feeling limp in my life, I'm, I'm, no, I'm of no good to her or anybody. No question. Yeah. So going through something, going through some, putting myself out of my comfort zone, not on the highway. Let's be clear. (laughs) (laughs) Especially not with my lady in the car. You know, you got to still slow down a little bit, you know, find the balance. But even you and me doing this, I mean, I've, we've never done this before or certainly not together. And this is the first time I've, I've done a year long program with men. I'm exhilarated. And I've shared with you, man, shit's going to come up. Yeah. There's going to be conflict arise in this space. Men are going to go through all kinds of things that we can't even anticipate. You and I might go through all kinds of things that we can't anticipate. Like, wow, man, it's like we're all getting in a boat and just going to go circumnavigate the globe for the next year (laughs) (laughs) together. Uh, Whoa. But how exciting is that at the same time? Yeah, definitely. So, uh, very good. So again, if you're listening, brianreeves.com slash elevate. That is the website. Uh, we have a few spots left. Brian with a Y, reeves.com slash elevate. Tate, let's finish up with the five key takeaways, man. You've been, you know, you've helped me out with this podcast, you know, in terms of formulating ideas and everything. And here's your turn, man. You get to do the five key takeaways. That's kind of... I don't know. Is that exciting to you? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure I have good answers, but I'm ready for it. Oh, let's see. Let's see what happens. All right. So key takeaway number one. And by the way, man, before we dive into that, I just want to acknowledge, dude, you're like a seasoned professional. You've crushed it in this conversation, man, because you're just being you, just man. That's what I love about- just talking to my boy. Come on. Exactly. I mean, this, this just feels like home, man. We're all no good. Doubt. No doubt. We're just inviting you know thousands of other people to listen in at their leisure. That's all. That's the only difference. Yeah. All right. But you've done amazing, man. Truly. I'm thrilled. Thank you for saying yes. And, yeah. Thanks um, for having me, man. Thanks for having me. And thanks for inviting me on this journey with you. Uh, I, I know that this is really born out of the last journey that we went on just three months ago, really. That's right. That's right. And um, to be invited to do this work with you again is like a, a dream come true for me. We had another incident where I got invited to do a some work with you that had a, a different kind of intention to it. And this feels just beautiful, brother. What was that? I don't remember. What are you talking about? What was the other thing? 
working with your parents. Oh God. <laughs> okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, another, another, another story for another time. We've been through a lot. That shit was hilarious. Yeah, there was a, there was a time when when Tate we we flew Tate in was, to fifteen yeah. years ago. I was like, well, ten years ago, fifteen yeah. years ago, something like that. Yeah, thank God you did, because it's it's because of that bad experience that I got to meet my wife, which is you know. Well, and 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 let's bring this full circle. It's also how you and I got our first, colonics. in my case only, colonics together. Only for me. It was well. a professional courtesy. It was good. it was a professional courtesy. Right. We were selling equipment, my parents' equipment. That was you know, our clients were massage therapists and lymphatic therapists. We're getting in deep territory right now. So so to speak, deep yeah. territory yeah. right now. We'll leave it at that. Oh, I hope I hope we Five edit that out of there. <laughs> I don't think yeah, we will. No, that stays. That right, stays. Cool. All right, man. Five key takeaways. Key takeaway number one. What is the one key insight that you would offer our listeners that you believe can make a meaningful impact on their lives because it has in yours? I think it goes back to what I said earlier, which is it's in the dark that we find the light. Whatever it is that people are going through, the, the worst of the experiences of your life, my guess is that that was the fertile ground for something beautiful to come out. So if you're, you're going through something difficult, bring it out into light, help people, have people help you deal with the darkness and see what happens in your life because it will help your life become unrecognizable. Beautiful, man. Another way I've heard that language is uh, in your mess is your greatest message. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. Uh, number two, key mentor. Name another man you've been inspired by, living or dead, that you would recommend our listeners to learn more about. Man, you know, and when I th think about this question, the first thing that came to mind is the author Richard Bach, who mm, you introduced yeah. me to, who yeah. has got some brilliant books out there, uh, Jonathan Livingston Siegel, Illusions, and and the, my favorite, Running from Safety. His work is something definitely to check out, and in particular, that book, I think, for men. Running from Safety. Yeah, man. I, I love how you've kept that alive for me. I haven't really re revisited his work for years, but he was one of my early, most influential teachers, authors, yeah. mentors. I mean, I never met the man, but yet he was very much a mentor to me. Beautiful man. Uh, number three, key resource. Your most impactful, inspiring book, movie, or podcast of the last year. You know, the movie that always comes to me is a movie called My Life. And it's a mm. story of Michael Keaton and Nicole Kidman. And Michael Keaton finds out that he's dying of cancer but he also finds out that he's having a son and he starts videotaping his life to send a message to his unborn son and it's a beautiful story about father and son and son and grandson mm. that is um mm. you know really just touches me and every time i see it i still cry every almost every single time i watch it and definitely a must beautiful thanks man Number four, key investment in the last year. What's the best thing you spent money on? And normally I say under 10,000, but you know, let's go pandemic year spending and call it under 1,000. Under 1,000. Well, 
maybe it was a slight, little bit more than that, which was in 2020, my wife as the president and me as one of her employees launched our coaching business paradigm. We spent money to brand it and to get it out there and to, to really start providing support to help people kind of reset their life. And for my wife who works in Ayurvedic uh, wellness and health and wellness and healing. Um, and and we, we took 2020 to be on purpose about launching that business. And, and it took money to do that. And it wouldn't have happened if, if you three years ago hadn't started challenging me to start having some coaching conversations with people. Yeah. Um, but but that, that was an investment that has been long time coming and has made a big impact for us. Yeah, the branding work, the image work, everything you know, looks beautiful. Came out beautiful, man. I think that, you know, it's one thing that I'm aware of. One thing I love about our, our partnership is we're going to bring very different gifts to it. You know, my style is let's just fucking launch. Let's go. Let's, let's build it on the fly. And that has value. You know, let's take action. Let's it's, let, let it be messy and let it be, you know, you, you've already brought that perspective of, okay, well, let's, let's button something. Let's tighten some things up even before we keep going, like branding and images and all that stuff. And, and I, I, these are all really healthy tensions in a partnership. It's great that we kind of see different things and bring different, that's essential. Otherwise, what are we doing being partners for? Yeah, right. And, you know, I'm just so aware that I'm so excited. You know, we're, we're off and running with Elevate 2021. And it's funny as I, you know, I'm sitting here right now, you know, we've, we've I've made pens for the guys, you know, and I've made a journal for the guys and, and I'm looking at them and I'm looking at them and going, they do not match. <laughs> like these do not match like they're, they're beautiful in their own right but they don't go together no, and so right. i'm just kind of laughing like this is me just let's take action man let's get the shit out there start making it happen and i'm just sitting there thinking we're gonna send these to the guys in you know the next few weeks and i'm like uh, it's gonna be a little silly when they open these up and they don't match <laughs> so but it's okay you know it's okay yeah. is it you know It'll be all right. It'll be all right. Evolution is messy, yeah. and I'm okay with that. But, you know, I'm excited to, to do the branding, and I think you're going to lead that for us. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> all right. Final, final key takeaway. Please offer mm -hmm. one consistent practice, spiritual, creative, personal, or relational, that has served you well and that you challenge our listeners to take on for the next seven days. It's mm, a great question. So... My answer is in relation to a study that was done in 2005 by Nas the National Science Foundation that produced this article that talked about how we have somewhere in between 12 and 60,000 thoughts a day. And out of the thoughts that we have, 80% of them are negative and 95% of them are repetitive. So we're having the same negative thoughts day in and day out. And so one of the things that I've used to combat that negative voice that lives inside of me is actually to create playlists. I've got play playlists on courage. I've got playlists on hope. I've got playlists on music playlists, um, forgiveness, music playlists. Right. And so I, what I do every single year is actually create an anthem, like a list of songs that are going to speak life into me. And my challenge to the guys out there is find one song just one song that speaks life into you and play it once a day for seven days and see what starts to happen. Because that negative thought process, that negative thinking, um, we need to find a way to feed our mind to start having some different thoughts. 
That's beautiful. A beautiful idea, man. Bringing, bringing music. What really touches me about that as well is I just reflect on Elevate 2021. And when, we're, when we gather together uh, in August, we all come together in, in person. And I can just, I see it now, us, you know, the fire outside of our, mm-hmm. our retreat home. All of us gathered around the fire blasting our anthem song mm-hmm. fucking it. just oh man i can't wait for that moment that's going to be a beautiful moment <laughs> good stuff brother tate i love you i'm so grateful for our our lifelong friendship and you know we're still young yeah. pups man we got a long ways to go god willing god willing right thank Amen. you man thank you man. brother you the best thank you so much for listening and thank you again to my longtime bestie tate errand to connect and work with both of us for all of 2021 Go apply right now for Elevate 2021 at brianreeves.com slash elevate. It's brian with a Y, reeves.com slash elevate. We've only got three spots left and possibly less by the time you hear this. You can find this link, although it's super easy, brianreeves.com slash elevate, but you can find this link and Tate's five key takeaways in the show notes and other episodes as well at brianreeves.com slash podcast including the episode that I re- released just a few weeks ago, The Five Pillars of a Thriving Man. I uh, highly recommend listening to that. All right, well, if you were served by this and you think others should hear it too, please share this episode or just write a review so that you too can lead more men this way. And don't forget to subscribe yourself while you're at it. I am your thriving life and relationship coach, Brian Reeves. Yep, Brian with a Y, Reeves. Until soon, keep your head up, your breath relaxed, and your thoughts inspired.